Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. On our driving leadership episodes, you'll witness conversations with leaders from all walks of life and learn about what drives them to lead. You'll hear about their leadership development, current challenges that face them and their organizations, and stories about leadership. I'm Bill Berthel, and my desire to demystify leadership and have real conversations with leaders is what drives me. Joining me today is Ross Bernson. Ross, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here with you, Bill. I've had so much fun listening to you, Ralph, and Cindy on these podcasts, and I really like the message you bring. And as you know, I love partnering with you on building my leadership team, so really appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Ross. As, as I shared with you a little earlier, I've been really looking forward to this episode. I'm so glad we're doing this today. Ross, you are the president COO of Indium Corporation. We're going to want to hear more about that, but I love that you often introduce yourself as a husband, a father, a dog lover, a fisherman. Give our listeners just a little bit taste of Ross. So who are oh, you, yeah. Ross? Well, you know, my I grew up in the Midwest and always have kind of a little bit hokey. I just got my UFTA sign put on my desk today by my uh, <laughs> awesome. my secretary because I use the word UFTA all the time. But, you know, I'm really uh, very fortunate. I got two kids. One is in college. One's on their way to college. So I get to really enjoy them becoming adults and all their adventures and challenges. But also, uh, you know, like this morning, I woke up and I, I'm a runner. So I got to go running with my dog, my golden retriever, Buttercup, named after <laughs> Princess Buttercup of the Princess Bride. So, yes. and we had a nice run. So I love running. A lot of triathletes in the area and I are friends because I like to do little sprint triathlons around the area. And then I'm active in my church and my community. And uh, obviously very busy at Indium Corporation, which is a global manufacturing company. Awesome. Your research and development, you develop and you manufacture. Tell us a little bit about your industry. Yeah. So we're supplying materials that go largely into the electronics industry and we make them all over the world. We have factories in Asia, Europe, and throughout the U.S. And these materials are used in things like cell phones and servers and 5G antenna arrays and <laughs> even in like medical devices and then also LEDs. So we're in a whole variety of, of exciting applications. I could talk about this for the whole podcast, which is really not our point, but I'm very passionate about material science. We believe at India, material science changes the world, and we are enabling some of the most exciting technology to come out into the marketplace. And one that's really fun is we're on Mars right now. Our solder materials oh, wow. are on Mars, helping the NASA collect samples up on Mars. So that's pretty cool. Wow, that is awesome. That is awesome. I was going to say that that's likely that many of our listeners are listening through some of your materials right now, but, but you're on Mars. <laughs> so that's, that's really cool. Ross, you know, we want to talk about your leadership and I've enjoyed working with you both, you know, as a fellow human being and a leader in your organization. Just let's just cut to the chase. Why do you lead? What gets you up in the morning? What's your big why? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and, and I, fortunately, you fed me some of the questions ahead of time, which I love. <laughs> so I got to think about them a little bit. But, you know, for me, I went through all those normal phases of leadership. You know, at some level, I just started achieving individually as a youngster. And, and you have your leadership ladder that you talk about often, right? And then, <laughs> and then I just wanted to succeed. And then I just wanted to make progress. But so I didn't arrive at this why when I was a 22-year-old. You know, it's, yeah. it's my why now. And my why now is really to promote human flourishing. That's what I love doing. I like doing it. I'm very committed to trying to find a way to make people who come into Indium flourish. And that might mean they have a 20-year career here. It might mean they don't. They go off and do something else great. We just had a gentleman leave here and go to SpaceX. I'm happy. Oh, wow. for them. That's yeah. great. But I also think we have great opportunities here. So that's a wonderful thing when you see people flourish. I think doing so not only helps people flourish within Indium, but also within our community, within their families, within their organizations they're passionate about. So hopefully while people engage with Indium, they develop as a person and are able to give away some of that learning and some of that 
I guess, leadership capability to other parts of society. I had a friend say to me years ago, Carol Grove, who was kind of my mentor, we were teaching confirmation class together. And she said, you know, what you are is God's gift to you. Mm. What you become is your gift to God. Mm. And, and I just love that. So we're in an act of becoming. I don't actually know that I'm at my, I know I'm not at my end of my, you know, learning and developing. I'm, it's always an act of becoming. And I think as soon as you think you've reached a destination, you've stopped developing and therefore you're missing your destination. So I'm in an act of becoming and I hope I can help our organization do that. Oh, if I could well, just... Yeah. Just a little bit more on it, though. Leadership Please. is so much more fun than just, I mean, that's wonderful, right? I mean, that is really my driver. My big why is flourishing, but it's also just so much fun. Being a leader is so much fun. It's a creative exercise. You're working organizations, you're working personalities. You know, I'm a big believer that normal people give you normal results. Mm. So if you want abnormal results, you know what you need? I love it. Go abnormal ahead and say people. It. Yep, yep, love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, you know, but that takes some work and it takes some creativity to put all that together. And then I love building something that lasts. I've gotten to see the whole business cycle at Indium. I'm a long-term employee here. And, and it's so fun to build something that lasts, realizing a vision. There's nothing more powerful than taking something super complex, creating a vision and having it organized around that vision. It's very rewarding. I'm super competitive. I was a competitive athlete in school and, yeah. and and the competition of business. You know, maybe I would have a different take on that if I was in a non-competitive field, but I love competition. I think it's fun. It strives, makes us go for something excellent. So there's just so many things that I like about leadership, the puzzle of it, the camaraderie, the social aspect of it. There's so many great things about being a leader. And I really think uh, India, we believe in this leader, leader mantra that everyone can be a leader. If everyone approaches a, a challenge as if everyone's leading, Absolutely. we still got to align. We still, good leaders are good followers too, right? But you still got to align with everyone. And, but that's where the visioning comes into. The vision allows people to do that. So before I ask you to expand on leader, leader, I want to make sure our listeners know that here, Indium is Clinton, New York. Right. Right. We are in Clinton, New York and in Utica and in Rome. And while you're a global organization, the headquarters are in good old central New York. Correct. Central New York sometimes gets a bad rap for manufacturers. There's some yeah. gems in our community. Yes, absolutely. Indium is one of them. I think we are too. So thank you for yeah. saying that. No, yeah, awesome. Like yep. Absolutely. So what's leader, leader? Expand on that just a little bit for our listeners. As we are developing, we like to grow with complexity. A lot of companies, as they grow, they try to simplify their business. We believe in participating in a whole bunch of different parts of the market. Mm -hmm. And we think that creates stability. We, you know, I talked earlier about creating something that's durable and lasting. Well, part of that is you want a lot of diversity in your business. Sure. Well, being able to grow that way, especially in the rapid uh, pace of the electronics industry where there's fast iteration, we needed a really agile mindset to come into the organization. I know that's kind of a catchphrase, but a colleague of mine, Tim Jensen, found this great book, Turn the Ship Around by L. Mm. David Marquet. And yes, this book yes. is just a great book. And it really became our kind of lexicon for how to do agile at Indium. And I'd recommend it to anyone. And one of their big phrases is leader, leader. You got to have everyone thinking about as if they were the CEO, what decision would they make in that moment? And we have different roles and different responsibilities and different scopes and decision rights, right, throughout the organization. But if everyone comes with that mindset, it's super powerful. Nice. Nice. I'm sure you've got so many stories to be able to share, Ross. But if I ask you to share a unique leadership story, what comes to top of mind for you? You know, most of my unique leadership stories are failures. <laughs> I don't know, probably. <laughs> but no, I, I don't want to tell all the failures. But, there, you know, part of my leadership journey has been really having some challenges along the way. Like I'll sure. even, 
reflect back on, I used to think being right was really important to being a leader. Mm. It's surprisingly not that important. It actually is, it can be a liability, but you know, early leaders are, well, I have the right way. I know what to do. Therefore, let's just go do that. And why isn't everyone just coming along with me? Right. right. (laughs) And so, you know, as I think about leadership and what the greatest accomplishments, like when I think about the times when we had a really big achievement as an organization, what's been the most fun is as actually there's like a dozen people all think they were the reason why it was successful. Mm. And it's so much fun when that happens because it means everyone took ownership for it and drove it forward because they bought into the vision and they made it happen. So an example of that is we launched a product in the 90s and it ended up becoming the world leading tin lead solder at the time. It became one of the world leading products in our space. Let's just put it that way. But I was able to very fortunately get involved with that product line early on and became kind of the advocate for it. I didn't have positional authority at that time. I just had the willingness to do stuff Mm because I had been a chemistry teacher, right? So I had this wonderful opportunity to use teaching and communication Mm -hmm. and see how that has an impact on getting people to buy in. And if you do it enough for enough years, people all of a sudden becomes almost as if everyone, it's like, you know, you look at a plant, if you dig up the seed every day, you can't see it grow, right? But if you right. wait for a while, all of a sudden the sprout comes up and it's kind of like that. It's all of a sudden you wake up and there's a whole tree there. And in this case, I remember one of our team said, don't ever bring that product to my customers. You know, when it first oh, wow. started out, yeah, right. And then, you know, two years later, he's like, I invented that product. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, and that's when it's really fun. That's when everyone's fully internalized it. Yeah. To your earlier point, it's that process that then there's the buy-in and even ownership later down the path. You you mentioned your drive for flourishing, flourishing with Mm -hmm. others, flourishing for yourself, but really being a catalyst and a facilitator of that with others. I love that this is a topic in mainstream media right now. There's a real look at that spectrum between depression and flourishing and that middle space of languishing. Tell me the challenges that have been occurring in all of our organizations, not just COVID, but many different challenges. What is it you're doing to meet these challenges to make sure that people are flourishing in your organization? One of the biggest things is this leader leader concept, to be honest. It's been, we got to get the basic structures, right? Like, you know, I'm very fortunate that early on in my career, I learned those basic principles, the basic building blocks, hard work, do something, don't just talk about doing something, all those things. And we still need that throughout our organization, right? That's still those basics still always matter. But I would say that the benefit of leader leader where people have some autonomy, I think autonomy and ownership creates a virtuous cycle for people to act upon the world rather than be acted upon. And when they Mm. can act upon the world and they can set a direction and have some flexibility, maybe with some guardrails on the side, Mm -hmm. but they can have that flexibility, there's more engagement because they're owning it. And I can see this and we have so much great talent here, but I can see innovation happening in all different kinds of parts of the company. I was listening to a technology discussion this morning and there's so many great ideas of where we can take our technology and which markets we can approach. And that is coming from ownerships. No one's waiting for me to Mm, say, this is what we need to do. They're coming to me and saying, this is what we should do. And I, all I have to say is yes, very well, as they said in the book, you know, just very well, go do it. That's awesome. And what was maybe one of the biggest leadership little tidbits I'll give you is if you want that to happen, you literally can't edit the plan at all. 
<laughs> if you want them to have ownership, you know, if, if, if someone wants a, a team member, if I want a team member to say they really own it and they come to me with an idea and I like the idea and it's 95% formed, you know, it's 95% there, me improving the extra 5% will diminish their ownership by maybe 20%. It's not worth the trade-off. Ross, what do you do in that space? Because I hear so many leaders at least philosophically agreeing that, you know, it's about getting out of my people's way. You hear that a lot, right? Or it's, um, I love the way you put it, don't edit it. When you're really in that space, what are you doing for yourself to say like, ooh, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm gonna stay away. What do you do? Well, I'm very fortunate. I have like, I have about 10 people who come to me and literally tell me I'm doing something wrong all the time. And yeah. they all, this is another wonderful thing. They all say, no one will tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. That's, that's <laughs> right. how they all open up. And like, I got enough of you. No one else is telling me. These. <laughs> um, but like I had a, I had a situation where I had a retirement of one of our senior staff. And okay. so I had to kind of be the acting head of the department. So I, I go swooping into that department and I'm kind of, okay, I'm here. Let mm. me help you. Mm -hmm. And within about three days, they said, you need to go away now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just said, you're just here too much. And so now I show up about four hours a week, you know, rather than I was like, I was parking myself there. And right. that didn't actually help the situation. It actually created the impression that I needed to be like checked in on or people needed to check with me. And so I was slowing down the process. So I think the key, key thing there is someone gives you honest feedback to say, you're running too deep in this area. You gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta let it go a little bit more. And it and, sounds like uh, you trust that feedback and, and act on it. I've embedded myself in the HR department. So where I'm sitting here in our office and because okay. they're some of the best people at telling me that I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, well, we're recording this on Zoom and people aren't getting to see you, but you're in a cube. You're in a cubicle, not too different than others are in your organization mm -hmm. as Correct. the president. Right, right. I, I love it. And we have all huddle rooms and stuff, so it's easy to get a private space. But I really like sure the dynamic of seeing everyone around the office. It's really fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You started with, uh, you're going to give us a little, you know, tidbit there. You gave us a uh, you know, piece of advice more. I always ask leaders for their advice for our listeners. What three top pieces of advice, what would you share? Well, I would say, you know, what the most important thing is a leader you got to know where you're going. It can change yes. at any point in time, but you kind of know where you're going. Right. You don't know where you're going and kind of what you're all about. You're not going to get anywhere. I, I you know, I, I love, there's the lessons in extreme leadership and a lot of the articles about the quest for the South Pole, right? You got to mm. know where you're going. And then you got to think about how you're going to get there, right? What are the building blocks? But know where you're going is the main thing. And it's not as static. As I mentioned earlier, we're always in the act of becoming. There's a lot of outposts along the way. There's places you can say, "I've this is our first goal is to get here on this day. And we created outposts, a little supply depot, but we're not there yet. We keep going. And even when we get to the South Pole, we still got to get back. Right. So, you know, I mean, it's the point is you're always in the act of becoming, you're always moving forward. So, but know where you're going at any given point in time. And to keep that dynamic going really requires a lot of curiosity and continuous learning. Got to wow. always be listening and taking out input, be curious about what's going on around your world. So know where you're going is one of the big things. And I think that's true of everything. It's the company, know where you're going, know where you're going personally. Like I'm going to run a thousand miles this year. That's my goal. Because I wanted a goal. I know where oh, I'm wow. going yeah. from a, that standpoint. Know where you're going with your health, you know, that, so that know where you're going with your community. What's your role in your community? Know where you're going with your family. I got to hear Ken Blanchard speak many years ago when mm -hmm. I was in college. He said, you should know what you want in a wife because she might be sitting right next to you right now. <laughs> awesome, right? But if you don't think about it, you might not see her. So, you know, it's just great advice. And I ended up marrying my lovely woman I met in college. So it was great. That's awesome. And then the second big thing is share transparently, 
constantly and with vulnerability. Mm. Can't communicate enough. I think I go back to that 92J, you know, or that product, sorry, that we launched in, in the 90s. And that was yes. one of the early successes. We communicated all the time and we communicated what was working and what wasn't working, where we were winning and where we weren't winning. What was good, what was bad. We were just yes. constantly engaging in open communication and sharing on what was going on. And that served me well forever. And that becomes the, you know, the kind of the coin of the realm as a leader is your trust, is the trust you build up with your folks and mm -hmm. with your colleagues. And that's really the key thing. And along that, it's okay to be wrong. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, being right feels like it's what you need to do when you're a leader. You need to be right most of the time. Well, being right is can be helpful, but it also means that no one else can be right if you're always right. So awesome. a lot of times it's much better to not intentionally be wrong or sloppy. I'm not saying that, but just be maybe it's just be quiet and let other people be right. Let other people find the way. And when you're wrong, admit it, move forward, and it's not a big deal. And I've certainly had to do that in my fair share of times here. The other piece of that, though, even with the being right, is know where your source of credibility comes from. Inside of that sharing transparently and vulnerable, people will view you as vulnerable and not just a loser if you have credibility somewhere. So <laughs> yes. we, we still need credibility, right? I don't, that's probably, they come out quite well, but. No, um, it's, it's poignant. It's poignant that you want the credibility there so you can build that vulnerability on, on right. top of that. Right, right. But if you're not credible first, yes, vulnerability without credibility just doesn't really buy any yes. dividends, I don't think. And the last thing is, you know, the servant leader concept has been around for a long time, mm -hmm. but it works. It's the right way to go. Being humble enough to come up underneath people and help them rather than come down and tell them what to do. And it's hard when you're the idea guy and the change management guy to get to that point. It really is. I'm not, I think this is one of those great tensions as a leader is how do you both, I want to support you, but I also have to set the vision and I got to dip in and correct and turn the ship around book. There's this a little bit of rudder far from shore rather right. than a lot of rudder near the shore. I love that phrase. So I think the big thing is again, constant communication, which I said earlier is you do that constant communication and then you're giving little rudder and then there's never the big correction. And that's probably how you do it. But being humble enough to really listen, take on new ideas, because doing is very different, right? I don't do anything at some level. Mm. Everyone else is doing the doing. I'm setting the vision. I'm doing little touches here and there, but they're getting the stuff done. And so I'm nothing without that team. And so humbly realizing you got these great people around you, humbly realizing that they need support, humbly realizing that if you want someone to put in a screw, you got to give them a screwdriver mm -hmm. and you got to give them good lighting and you got to, you know, so how do you, how do you create that area where they can really flourish and get into their act of becoming, get into their act of flourishing? Cause that's what we want them to do. So those are my three big lessons to know where you're going, share constantly, transparently and vulnerably about what you're doing and what's yes. going on. And then have that servant leader mindset. So you can really release human potential. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Let me ask you, what's really exciting right now, different than your overarching motivation to lead? What's a project or something you're doing to grow and expand yourself right now that you're excited about? What's going on currently for you? Well, I'm a big reader, right? And I love, I read a bunch of science books. I just read uh, Sam Keen's The Disappearing Spoon, which I highly recommend if you're a science geek. But another one that I read not too long ago was, which I wouldn't have had this phrase without it, is Ikigai by, let's see, who was the writer there? But it's by Hector Garcia. And yes. 
and it's a great little book. It's a short book, but it's this idea of leading an integrated and congruent life. One of Ralph's great phrases, be congruent, you know, be consistent with who you are. And I would say that's a motivator. And one of the gifts COVID has given me is I haven't been able to travel. Most years I travel 30% of the time, maybe 40% of the time to our global organization and customer base. Right, right. Um, and so I have this incredible passion to be more engaged in our community. So I've gotten to work with Boy Scouts, which is one of my things I love working with. I've been working with the United Way, with uh, MACNE, which is, I'm a big manufacturer. I love manufacturing. I think it's one of the great on-ramps of the world is to come into manufacturing because whatever background you have, we can find a place for you to start here, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I really want to build a company that's durable and wonderful to work at and the people that work in it then flourish and then they can work in their community and help the community build to be stronger and better for everyone. And if we can do that well, I think it really is possible to live this kind of integrated and congruent life where what I'm doing at work, I, I could be giving a discussion at work that would also resonate, I guess, with the people I meet with in these other avenues. And that would be really, that's my goal. That's what I'm working towards right now. So I'm loving it. And I get to go, there's this new group in town in our area here called the Innovation Collective. And I'm starting to work with them just a little bit, but it's all about, again, releasing potential of the community, untapped potential. There's people here that are incredibly capable of doing wonderful, wonderful things in, in society, but there's something, the friction to their success is too high. Mm. You know, friction slows progress. If I right. can be an enabler to reduce friction for people to get to their full human potential, that would be awesome. And so I want to reduce friction and help that's, the community succeed. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Ross, thank you so much. I enjoy every conversation we have. I'm sure our listeners are going to find great value in this episode. Thank you for your time and energy. Yeah, it's great to be here with you, Bill. I look forward to do it again sometime. Definitely. <laughs> okay, Thank you. Great. Thanks, Bill. Listen for more episodes of Driving Leadership right here on the Get Emergent podcast, where we'll continue the conversation with new leaders every month. And come back for more leadership content with Cindy Massengill and Ralph Simone, where they discuss real leadership challenges in a practical and relatable format. 